right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. I am Jeff Cluck along with Jordan Bianchi. This time I am at Phoenix Raceway here in Avondale, Arizona, and just watched a really entertaining, fun race, at least I thought. So um, that was exciting. I'm really pumped to talk about uh, everything that happened here today. Jordan, how are you doing? I'm doing well, and I agree with you. I think that was a very entertaining race. We saw what I think NASCAR racing should be on a track like Phoenix, and I think we've got a lot of a lot of good things to talk about, a lot of momentum after really a, a positive West Coast swing for NASCAR. Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of questions going into today about what this race would look like, and you know, there's more pressure on this for everybody involved. Um, you know, probably for any other race this season, at least the regular season. No, probably any other race this season, honestly, up until the championship, because everybody knew that this was the championship race coming back in the fall. And openly, people are admitting this weekend, like last fall sucked. Like everybody was piling on. Kevin Harvick, after the race today, uh, acknowledged that the racing last year was pathetic, he called it. Um, I mean, all the drivers now that it, now that it's been changed, right. Um, you know, they, they were all saying, yes, that absolutely sucked. It was terrible. And, um, so people basically agreeing with what we thought at the time, everybody, everybody thought that at the time really, but, um, and now, so, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And this, this better be a good race because they've taken it away from Homestead, a great track. They've given it to Phoenix. And, you know, I think everybody's like, Ooh, what's going to happen? Even though they changed the package and Hey, a good race. I mean, I think they, they could pass, they had options, they could do stuff. Um, they weren't stuck in position. They could catch other cars. You know, the leader didn't really get away. Um, you know, they, drivers they were, were drivers were fighting for control, which is the big thing that jumped out to me is that they, you know, we, we see this old, the, the package that we see most weeks where drivers don't have. They have stability, but they didn't have stability today. I and mean, we saw that numerous times. Where they're, they're just sliding around and trying to catch themselves from hitting someone or hitting the wall. And you just you don't see that every week. And that, to me, is was the big thing. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And it was interesting how, um, you know, even Kyle Busch said, look, you get you could get close to guys, you know. And mm-hmm. and that was one thing last year where they, where they would just say, ah, oh, you know, they come on the radio, can't pass, stuck here you know, can't do anything. You know, the huge spoiler was preventing them from doing anything. And and you saw, like, I had this great view up in the press box today. And it was so interesting to watch Kevin Harvick. He would like dive into the corner, like aiming his car, like at these guys, um, uh, left rear. And then it would get them just sort of loose enough or move the air. I don't think he would make contact necessarily, but it would sort of move them up. He'd, he'd be able to slide inside and then make a pass. Um, a couple times he tried it and he'd slip up the track a little bit and they'd almost touch. And it was just, you know, I think that's, you know, good short track racing. It looked more like a short track than I can remember Phoenix being certainly in recent years. So um, I, th- I thought I was just like, oh, this is just a relief to everybody. And um, even Steve O'Donnell from NASCAR, came down and talked to us afterwards and was like, yeah, this is definitely more of what we wanted to see. And, and there was three reasons for it, right? You know, it wasn't just the chopping the spoiler off, but Goodyear did bring a new tire that actually wore out as well. Hey, mm-hmm. yay for that. Big That's big yes. thing. Uh, so that was great. And the PJ one, the amount that they put on and where they put it was successful. So three things added up and now I think it's just like, okay, now they're going to be able to go forward with this and people are going to be happy. Yeah, I think there's a lot of positivity to take out of this. I think that's encouraging. You know, Steve O'Donnell touched on it too, is that the industry came together and came up with a solution for what has been kind of a lackluster package on the short tracks. 
and they did. And it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out through the course of the year. And I think Steve touched on it when he said, you know, obviously the you know team engineers are going to get their hands on this and they're going to be able to kind of tweak and adjust. And we'll see as the year goes along if this remains kind of as is or, you know, it kind of gets flattened out a little bit, which tends to happen. But I think this is just encouraging that the fact that they were able to come up with this and make this happen. And because you remember last year, there was just, it was, they were kind of dug in their heels and they just said, hey, this is the package. We're not changing it. And then Phoenix happened. And then all of a sudden it was like, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> this can't happen. We need to do something here. And they did. Um, I, I'm really encouraged by what I saw. I, I think it's good. And I think it really is a sense of relief for a lot of folks in the industry because there was, there, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on Phoenix and what happens there. And like you said, Jeff, and you touched on it, is if because Homestead was such a good racetrack, is such a good racetrack, it is a driver's racetrack, and it rewards the best drivers and teams, and it's not about track position and everything else, um, there was a, there was questions of whether Phoenix was going to be able to match that or not, and I think the answer now is yes. Yeah, and I think that, like you said, you know, with, with the good drivers and teams being rewarded. And that, that was what happened, you know, today also. And, and mm -hmm. even though a couple of those guys had problems, you know, like Keselowski, Kyle Busch said afterwards, probably had the fastest car. He obviously didn't get the finish for it. He, he ends up finishing 11th. Um, his crew chief, you know, kind of missed on the, uh, the strategy there. And then they had a couple other things happen, but he, he shouldn't have stayed out on the old tires twice. Logano, um, ends up pitting the earliest out of that cycle. He pitted with mm -hmm. only six laps on his tires to use his final set and yet uh, it all worked out because he was able to um, really perform well on the restarts. But in, in the end, you have Logano up there, Harvick, Kyle Busch. Um, you, like I said, you would have had Keselowski. Chase Elliott should have been up there more, if not for his problems. Um, so True those X are really the guys. Yep. Truex, yeah, exactly. So there you go. Those are the guys right there who you expect to do well, and they they come do well here. So And, and I will say, too, just going back to your, your other point really quick, about how, how last race, uh, last fall's race sucked to the point where it was the catalyst for this. I, I actually asked Steve O'Donnell that today and said, you know, had that race not happened, had that race basically not been so bad, would we have seen what we saw here today? Like, would they have changed the whole short track package? And he basically said, that was the exclamation point for yes. what we <laughs> knew we, we needed to do. And, you know, I, I think that that's, they wanted to go that direction, but after that happened, they kind of knew, all right, this is the championship race. We, we have to do this. Um, so that was, you know, and so maybe, maybe now we go back and appreciate, uh, that, that last falls race happened so that we could be, uh, rewarded with some good viewing on the, on the short tracks and road courses this year. Right. No, I mean, that's a really good point. I mean, sometimes you have to go backwards to go forward. And I think, I mean, we all, we knew, but we talked to people in the industry that they said that, that Phoenix was kind of the, 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 the race that was like, hey, we, we have to do something here. This can't happen again. And the fact that it came after a few weeks after Martinsville, which was also not the most competitive race we've seen, um, it was just, it, it was, just, it basically forced NASCAR to do something. So if this is the result, I, I think, you know, I think you said in hindsight, I think we can kind of maybe be happy that, you know, last fall's race at Phoenix was the way it was. So obviously we know that this is the championships and we're going to, uh, try to read a lot into it, um, for, for the fall. So what did we learn today? Well, we learned that the Penske car is pretty good. We never really got to see what, um, Blaney could do because he was taken out by Hamlin so early in the race. But Paul Wolf said afterwards that the two and the 22 pretty much had the same setup and they were running one, two pretty late in the race as well. Um, so pretty good sign for Penske, obviously, um, Matt to Benedetto had a good run going there. They seem to dial themselves out somehow, but 
that was promising. Again, we don't know what Blaney would have done, but um, you know, he could have been up there too. And then Harvick having a great day, another Ford. So the Fords come out of here probably feeling pretty good about themselves. Kyle Busch, I talked to him. He didn't feel as good about the Toyotas. He just said they were kind of like off a little bit. Um, they tried to make gains on it, never really quite got back to where they needed to be. So that was a little bit concerning to them. And then I think there were some positive signs for Chevrolet. I mean, Chase Elliott could have won that race quite easily had things gone a little bit differently. And then Larson was up there too. So I don't really think anybody you know, that I can think of leaves here among the major guys going, oh boy, we were really bad and now we have work to do. I think they all sort of can take away some positives. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think you look at it, you've kind of got the, the normal players for the championship, which we've seen in the last few years, which is, you know, the Joe Gibbs drivers. Denny Hamlin obviously is, is, you know, today was a bad day, but overall he's been pretty good. Kyle Busch is up there. Martin Truex Jr. I mean, a horrible West Coast swing for Martin Truex Jr. Just horrible, but running well, just not finishing well. Um, Kyle Busch is up there. Kevin Harvick's up there. The Penske guys are up there. So it's just the usual players. And like you said, there's a lot of positivities that these guys can look at and say, you know what? Yeah, you know what? We feel good about where we're at. And obviously there's some things we're probably not hitting on right now we need to. I don't think there's one driver or team that's like head and shoulders clearly above everyone else. I mean, you could say Joe Logano and the 22 team are because they've got two wins this year. But they also were just okay at Fontana. They weren't great. So they haven't had that consistency yet. So it just seems like a kind of these, these this group of guys just kind of lumped in together, and I think they're all just kind of sorting through it right now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I only think think that you can say Logano's been the best Penske driver. I mean, no. yes, he has two wins, but look how he won that Vegas race. Like, he wasn't going to win that. You know, he was going to yeah. finish third at best because either Blaney or uh, Bowman was going to win, and then the, the late pick call happened, and then he ends up, you know, his crew chief obviously made a great call, but he ends up sort of stealing that race in a way. Um, and then today there was all these different strategies going on and obviously he had to be, he had to be great on the restarts, especially. Yeah. And and Paul, Paul Wolf said that, you know, the big concern was these tires at this compound that they had today. It's not that it's bad that it wears out. It's bad when you have a lot of cycles on them. So when you heat them up, cool them down, heat them up, cool Mm -hmm. them down, that's what really hurts them. And then that ended up happening because they had so many restarts at the end. And yet Logano on the restart still performed so flawlessly that he was able to use that track position to win. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that that's that's part of the driver too, and that all plays into it. But it's not like he, you know, was the, the best car, the dominant car. Um, so I, I just think, yeah, I mean, uh, I you certainly can't say he's the dominant driver of the season if he's not even the dominant driver on his own team. But Toyota clearly has some work to do still, even if it is the short tracks, because these were places they dominated last year. Um, now they... They don't seem to be quite, you know, up to speed with the with the Penske cars. Um, you know, we'll see. I, you know, Atlanta is going to be super fascinating because you know, and and Homestead is Hendrick going to show up again like they have on the other intermediates um, and run well? I mean, we're going to see Bowman up there again and Elliott, um, or is there going to be somebody else that challenges? You know, especially with worn out surfaces. Uh, I, I really, really like the start to this season because I feel like there's so many questions and there's so much up in the air. We're not seeing one person dominate, like you said. So that's that's encouraging. And to me, this almost mirrors last season in some respects. You know, the beginning of last season, Team Penske looked really good. I mean, Brad Keselowski and Joey Logano were winning races, and there was weeks where it looked like Penske was actually better than the Gibbs cars. And you know, through the, through the spring, it, the kind of the question was: is which organization's better than Penske? 
kind of slid back, and then, then Gibbs hit another level, and they just pulled away from everybody. So we're kind of seeing that again, where Penske looks really good. Blaney's you know, been in contention, but maybe should have three wins, and the, he, they slipped away. Logano's got two wins. Brad's been good, but not great. Can Penske continue to execute and, and to operate at this level? That That's a question I think is, remains unanswered, because we, we saw this a little bit from him last year at the beginning of the year, and they couldn't do it. Well, overall, um, Jordan, this, this race ends up having – um, 20 lead changes and 19 of those were under green, uh, where I think last year I heard the stat where I think only last fall, uh, only 10 lead changes mm-hmm. under green. And a lot of those, I believe because of the lack of cautions, if I'm not mistaken, uh, some of those happened during a green flag, uh, stop. So, uh, anyway, a lot to, a lot to take away from this. Um, and let, let's talk about some other things that have happened since our last podcast. So uh, one does concern the Penske drivers, and that is Ryan Blaney re-signs uh, with Penske, where he takes a big free agent off the market. Meanwhile, this weekend, we have Brad Keselowski saying, uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't started talking to him yet. Uh, I haven't started talking to anybody yet. I, I haven't I, I've been busy, you know, with a, a new kid and stuff. Um, which is weird because, you know, they Blaney says, hey, we started talking in the offseason. You know, what's going on here, Jordan? I, Brad, oh boy, I'm trying to, I'm trying to delicately say this without, uh, here's what I can say. Brad is looking for, obviously that next contract is, is going to be, he wants a big contract. Um, that could be, depending on how many years he signs, that could be his last contract. You know, he's at that age where he, you know, he, he you know, he's like 35, I think 36. So this is going to, this could take him into his you know late thirties, early forties, which is kind of an age when we see drivers retire. He is at a point in his career, he wants to win races. He wants to win championships. He wants a second championship badly. Um, the question is, is does he feel like he can get that at Penske? You know, I would think that the answer is yes. But let's also remember where Brad comes from. He is a Hendrick guy. He came up through the Hendrick system. And there is still some affinity on both sides for the other. And in 2017, Brad was mentioned as a candidate to possibly replace Dale Earnhardt Jr. in the 88 car. That didn't materialize for a few different reasons. You know, how far they got down the road on that depends on who you talk to. So again, Hendrick Motorsports has an opening. And, you know, obviously, Jimmy Johnson's retiring. They're looking to figure out who to put in that race car. Obviously, they want somebody in that race car who can win championships. Brad fits that criteria. Um, the question is, does it make sense on a dollars and cents level? That's where it's at. Now, Ryan Blaney is a young, talented driver. That is obvious. He's very marketable. He's good with sponsors. Sponsors like him. It was a priority for Penske to lock him into a contract, as it should have been. They understood the situation. They looked at the landscape and said, there's a lot of opportunities. A lot of big teams are going to have potential openings next year. We need to lock him up, and we need to lock him up in a hurry, because if we don't, we could lose him. And they made it a priority, and they got it done. Brad uh, on his side, from what I've been told in, in from his comments, it hasn't been a priority for him to, you know, to figure out his future and to kind of get his ducks in a row. He's kind of assessing where things are at right now, personally and professionally, and what he wants to do. So that's where things stand right now on the on the Penske side of things with Ryan Blaney resigning this week. Yeah, and I ask uh, Bud Danker from Penske uh, after the race. Um, you know what's what's the deal with. You know, you got one driver uh, all locked up and signed, and then the other guy you haven't talked to yet. And he said, "Well, one down, one to go, right?" And we expect to, talk, uh, you know, start those talks shortly. So, take that for what it's worth. But Brad Kozlowski also said, 
you know, he definitely knows that there are other rides out there. And he, and he said this weekend that, um, he's not dialing out, but if somebody dials in, he'll certainly listen, I believe was his quote. So, and um, I think him saying that says a lot about where his future is and whether he may or may not be back with Penske. That's just reading between the lines. I think him saying that it speaks volumes. Yes, because right. If you're typically we've seen with people in the past, if your intention is like, Hey, you really just want to stay where you're at. They're like, Oh, you know, I think, I think we'll be able to work something out. I really think that we'll, I really like it here. I'm not really planning to leave that kind of thing. Right. I mean, this was more of like, Hey, I have a good ride now, but I also know there's other good rides out there. And if somebody wants to call me, I'll listen. So, (laughs) you know, but you know, if you can get, it's all about the dollars. And if you can get that, if you can get a big contract, good for you. That's, that's what it's about. Sure. Sure. Um, another thing, uh, from this weekend is that, um, well, I guess at least since last time we talked was, uh, the clash is now going to be on a road course and, uh, drivers that I talked to this weekend, not, not super, uh, pumped about that. I think they liked going on the oval and, you know, the, I guess part of the point was, um, and I guess I'm, you know, should have realized this at first too, you know, they were saying, well, you know, nobody wants to trash their cars and this will be the last race for the, uh, the current car anyway, before the next gen cars, cause they're not going to use that. And, you know, so I said, now they can go, go junk their cars, the road course. So everybody said, well, if that's, if that's the case, why don't they just junk their super speedway cars? I mean, what's the difference? You're last time you're using it anyway, you might as well just go junk them. But, um, drivers, uh, they seem a little bit hesitant about the, uh, the clash and another wrinkle, um, a couple of the wrinkles, how number one, how they're going to light the road course, which is not lit for the 24 hours, the Rolex 24, and, um, you know, Bob Pockers brought up this weekend to a couple of them. What are they going to do rules wise? Because, uh, the 550 package, you know, with the tapered spacer is used, um, for super speedways right now, you're going to run a 750 package, like the road course package, uh, all almost all the way around the high banks of Daytona. By the time you get into turn one, it's going to be going real, real fast, you know? It's going to be interesting. I have mixed feelings on this. I like the idea. I like that they're doing something different with the clash, which it separates it from the Daytona 500 because, you know, that whole week kind of ran together where you saw a lot. You saw the same kind of racing throughout the week. So this is different. This is exciting. I think the road course is going to be entertaining. But like you said, when it comes to equipment and the cars and everything else, um, there's a lot of questions left to be unanswered about this. And you know, the question is, is this a short, is this a one-year move? Is this a long-term thing? Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's going to, I just, I, I get the reasoning why they're doing it, but I, I also have some questions about it as well. Yeah. We'll see how it works. I mean, I like that they're short and speed weeks. Um, yeah. That, that's a good thing because there was a lot of idle time down there. And so now I think that this, this actually fan wise kind of opens it up because you could say, okay, I'm going to arrive down there Monday and mm-hmm. I'll be there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I'll see something every single day. It's not like, you know, yep. a lot of fans before I had to pick, okay, do I want to go to the first weekend or should yeah. I come midweek and try to do a whole thing? So that that's good for fans as well. Um, I think it's great. You get a week, yeah. you only take a week vacation and you go camp and you have a great time. I think th- from that perspective, I think it's awesome. I think you really, I mean, really, you get a bang for your buck. And like you said, there's stuff going on every single night. That that's, that's a great thing. Yeah. 
Um, anything else from this race before you want to get into the uh, was a good race poll that I, I didn't talk about? I know I didn't. I just probably skipped over some stuff. But uh, a couple of, we did, I mean, I mentioned it quickly. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. really fast through West Coast Swing, brutal finishes. Uh, it seems like the frustration is kind of building a little bit, but that'll you know one good race at Atlanta and that, that'll kind of go away. Elliott another good race where he potentially could have won, had an issue again. And that slipped away from him. How about Tyler Reddick today, by the way? Great run. Oh, we didn't talk about Tyler Reddick. Yeah, Tyler Reddick went up to second at one point. Looked really good. And the guy, you know, this is a guy who this this package that they're running at Phoenix really fits his driving style. Loves to sling the car around. Um, Really, you know, he's really good at car control. Um, And just a great performance for him today. Unfortunately, didn't end the way he wanted it to. But still, great great job there. Dude, I I talked to him um, Saturday after his qualifying lap. And, you know, he comes to the bullpen and... You know, I think I let's see, he qualified uh where did he qualify? Uh 29th. Okay, so he was like super bummed. He's like, Oh, you know, this track, I just left a lot out there. I couldn't get a handle on it. I'm just not very optimistic for tomorrow. And uh he was just like really down, didn't seem to, you know, didn't really have a lot of confidence in himself and I was thinking, oh, this guy's gonna have a bad day. And then he was just like I was like, Where did this come from? I mean, the guy is good. And um, I feel bad, really, uh, for, for Daniel Hemrick, too, because we saw that Daniel Hemrick uh, struggles yet again. The Xfinity race, you know, he wrecked something else. Mm-hmm. He, he tweeted out, like, oh, this is such a low point. And, um, you know, guy is like, he has these limited starts at Junior Motorsports. Meanwhile, Reddick is, like, driving the wheels off his old car and essentially sort of, like, making them look bad in the process. And it's just, like, kind of, yeah, like, oof, was, man. That was what I thought of today. And I was trying to... I was messaging somebody during the race and we were going back and forth a little bit. And I, and I said that and I said, you know, this is, you know, the, the knock against Hemrick is that he doesn't win races. I mean, that's just the fact. He has never won a NASCAR National Series race. And like you said, Reddick hops in his old car and all of a sudden he's like, he just lifted that team up. And and it wasn't just today. I mean, he's running pretty well this year in every race. Um, yeah. It's there, There's a noticeable difference um, between the two. Well, and then Cole Custer ends up getting a ninth place finish today too. So he yep. gets a top 10 out of that where at Vegas, I mean, he looked completely lost and I'm like, man, this is going to be a long year for him. Meanwhile, uh, Christopher Bell, um, yeah. you know, he, 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 his struggles have continued, although they didn't really put him in a good spot. Honestly, I don't think because, you know, they, they had, they tried to give him track position with those guys who were starting on, on two tires, um, where everybody else was starting on four. And it was just like, you know, he was, he, he got eaten up on the restart and then he hits the wall and Eric Jones was, you know, in the same boat as him and he didn't finish well either. He hit the wall too. So, um, anyway, yeah, it's just, he, he's, you know, he'll, he'll pick it up, but John Hunter Nemechek had some impressive, uh, yeah, points good day again for, him. for not, a, yeah. not the finish, but another good right. run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last thing, other note I had too is Ryan Blaney came in as a points leader and he went out early and it looked like, you know, man, that's, that's a tough hit. Still leaves with the points lead though. Surprisingly. Is that right? Wow. I didn't realize yeah, that. I looked at wow. it. Yeah. I still have like 11 points or something like that. Huh? Wow. He only got one point today. So I know. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Um, so anyway, let's talk about the poll because, uh, Jordan, your boy here called 75% last week from Fontana and it was exactly 75 percent so we are tied of course that only still gets me one point which leaves us tied one to one going what, what into this for, week by the way is this just like pride is this that's all it is i think it would just be an accomplishment if we can remember the score by the end of the year because we forgot so many times 
last year. I have no idea who ultimately won last year, even though we did this for like more than half the season. I have no clue where we ultimately ended up. But if I, I feel like if I speak the score regularly and try to remember, then, uh, yeah, it's only two races, so I can't, it's, it's hard to mess that up. But it's one-to-one so far. Here we go with Phoenix. We both agree it was a good race. However, the winner, maybe not someone who's loved by everyone, so that might take a few points off. Jordan, what say you? No, I think you the... got to go first. Oh. You won last week. You get the privilege. I think that's only fair. Okay. Well. Well, I feel bad. I always go first. No. So. Okay. I'll, I'll take this. I'll take this. And uh, I think that people mostly like this race. I don't know why people would not like it except for the Logano part. Um I, I don't know. I'm kind of leaning, ugh, I'm kind of leaning 85%. I don't know. I almost wanted to say 83, but I think I'm going to go 85. Could be higher, but that's pretty rare. So I'm going to go 85. Okay. We're, we're thinking pretty much the same. I think the fact that last year's Phoenix race or last fall's Phoenix race was so bad, it just sets the low, the bar so low. It's going to be easy to clear. The fact that this was a good race, entertaining finish, I, I was going to say... 82-ish, but I'll just give a little bit of margin. I'll just say 80%. Well, why don't you just take... I'll I'll, I'll, I'll be fine if you take 84, and then we just go either way and, and draw a line right there if you want it. We'll say 84 and a half. Anything above 84 and a half you get, I'll take anything under. That's right, because uh, at least on one of my polls, I don't know if it was something Twitter was just experimenting with, but they started using the decimal point, and I was so excited. And then last week... It didn't. It did not appear. It did not appear the decimal point, uh, like it had at Vegas. So then I'm like, well, wait a minute. Was was it just the exact amount? Was it seventy five point zero? Yes, mm. or you know, I I I don't know. So anyway, um, yeah, we'll see if there's a decimal point. Eighty four and a half is our over under. I will say over eighty four and a half. You are under that. And uh, now, Jordan, now it's your turn. I've been hogging all the West Coast races. You've been itching to get back on the road. So yes. you are up next at Atlanta. Looking forward to that? Look, Yeah, looking forward to a lot. I mean, one, love being at the racetrack. Uh, just nothing like it. Two, um, excited to see what, like you said, you touched on earlier, is, you know, the Hendrick cars, you know, they've been pretty good in the mile-and-a-half racetracks lately. Let's see if that carries over. And where's Toyota at? That's the big question for me is, you know, can they find what they're missing, that little bit? And um, some guys that you look at their seasons got off to a slow start, kind of have to get going a little bit. I look forward to talking about that with you uh, one week from today after the Atlanta race next week. And until then, thanks everybody for listening. We will talk to you next time on the teardown.